0: Joe, I could not be more excited about recording this very special Carnival Personnel Podcast sideshow about my favorite movie,
1: the greatest movie ever made, Back to the Future, The Empire Strikes Back. Whoops, I'm swinging a miss on my part. I apologize. Take two and action. Today is the 40th anniversary of this movie being released in the United
0: States. It had a premiere four days earlier in the UK, but we don't count that. We beat them in the war. So what really matters is the Empire Strikes Back premiered this day 40 years ago in the United States. And it changed the life of the 11-year-old me in ways that resonate to this very day.
1: To this very podcast
0: as everybody knows everybody who's listening because they were probably at my beachside wedding in, in 2014 i dressed as han solo at my wedding to management yeah this movie like i said i saw star wars when it came out and i was eight it really changed the course of wherever i was headed but empire strikes back the summer that it came out, there was a drive-in movie theater near us in Shawshin, the Shawshin area of in Massachusetts, and we went to that not every weekend, but almost every weekend because, you know, my uncle, my Italian uncle knew a guy, and so we got in for free. Also, uh, the Woolman Showcase Cinema, as friend of the podcast, Sully will tell you, there is very often, and this is going on 40 years, the Wuben Showcase Cinema, you got to go out of your way to give them money to get in there. Like, Like they beg you to not pay them to go see movies, which I did that entire summer. I exaggerate things. I don't always remember things vividly, but I remember keeping track. I saw this movie. 27 times while it was in the theaters Uh, and back then that was a big thing because there was no VCRs you know there was no this coming out on HBO you never knew when you were going to see it again and I saw it 27 times and it's the first movie and proudly shamefully uh, there's now about 30 movies where I can verbatim say line for line without looking at a script without seeing just sit here and I can do spinal tap start to finish this is the first movie I could do that and I just remember being in the theater and having an out-of-body experience not even realizing that I'm saying every line of dialogue as it's going I watch it at least once to twice a year and with movies like you know Pacific Rim and other Star Wars movies and some Marvel movies that I'll have on in the background. This is something I actually sit and enjoy, you know, start to finish when I watch it and I will never tire of it.
1: Yeah, and I'm sad to see that you can't really legally watch the original version of The Empire Strikes Back since Lucas and his friends decided to tinker with it when they re-released it back in the in the 90s. And uh, we came out with the special editions. Ah, oh, the special editions. They're special for a reason. No, it actually, uh, Empire seems to be the least tinkered with.
0: So I am very, very, very lucky. Of all the events that I got to go to in L.A., of all the people I've got to meet and, and, and be friends with, I had a couple friends who created this thing called Hollywood Master Storyteller, where they would show movies, they would bring in writers, directors, producers, um, usually older movies like 10th, 20th anniversary of things, sometimes newer movies, but generally the different writers or producers, they actually got Erwin Kirschner, who directed the movie, who wasn't a huge director, but he was a former teacher, a uh, professor of Lucas. And when Lucas hired him to do this, he, he was shocked. It was like, why are you letting me do this? And, and Luca told him, it's like, you know as much about directing as anybody, and you're not a Hollywood douchebag. <laughs> you're not Hollywood. So I got to watch this movie with and have dinner afterwards with only like four or five people. It was at the Arclight Cinema and Hollywood, and the thing that Irwin took most pride in is exactly what you said. They redid the movie in 96, they redid the movie in 2004, and then again in 2011. Like every time a new technology came out, whether it was Blu-ray or Laserdisc or...
1: 3D, Smell-O-Vision, you know, yeah.
0: And at the time, so this is, gosh, I think it's before the 2011... And you can see it online. They do side-by-side like shots. But in the ninety six and the 2004 redo, they only changed like five minor things. And I mean – and he took great pride in that. Like such things as they're going down the hallway in Cloud City and it's just a wall. They made a glass wall so you could see the outside and ships flying by in the Cloud City. It's nothing like Star Wars, the first one where they put in a whole new scene of Jabba confronting Han before getting on the Falcon with Luke the first time. And there's Boba Fett. And even, even now, even in the 2011, you don't see the wampa that attacks Luke Skywalker in the cave in the original. You just see him hanging there. Uh, you see him just at the very end when Luke cuts his arm off and runs out. But in the 2011, they have a couple of shots of the Wampa eating something, like in the background. Minor, minor, minor dialogue things where they add a word to C-3PO welcoming back Luke when he comes out of that water, the liquid.
1: I didn't like how at the end when the, um, when Han Solo is about to be frozen in carbonite and Leia says, I love you. And he says, that's what she said. I didn't like that change. (laughs) No,
0: I don't think that change was – I mean, and we're talking minor things like the scene where R2-D2 gets swallowed by the swamp monster on Dagobah where Yoda lives and he gets spit out. Originally, Luke is helping him pick up and says, good thing you don't taste very good. And and then they change the line to, you're lucky to get out of there. It's like, no, that was – why would – but it may – but but I uh, you know I I've learned to not question things like that but the director was so so proud that people lost their shit and I get why cuz he did the added characters the added scenes the changed tonality I mean if you look at th- when I'm talking through the three different remakes or re-releases of it they probably changed 20 things at this point but we're talking the most minute music cues that you wouldn't notice. And it's funny. So this is the first time the 10-year-old watched it with me. And it was interesting explaining to him, we had no idea who Yoda was. Like the first time, like he's older, he's seen Yoda and, and the prequels and, you know, the Clone Wars. He's such a huge, I mean, he's such a baby Yoda, but I remember seeing Yoda and having the same feeling of Luke. did it's like, Oh, what's this little creature? Look, hey, get out of the way. He's got to find Yoda. You yeah. know what I mean? He's got places to go. But the movie was scheduled to uh, be $18 million budget, and it ballooned to $33 million, like Ooh. almost doubling. It was, at the time, one of the most expensive movies ever. It only came back with $550 million in the box
1: office, you know? A flop. I know. So, unfortunately... No, but seriously, folks, this was a juggernaut of a movie that, sadly, I can't really comment on the feeling of the zeitgeist as much as Jacques can't because, A, I'm eight years younger than him, and B, I didn't see the movie until 1997, so... Where where, where did you
0: see this in order? Did you start with Empire? I'd be surprised if you didn't.
1: No, I saw Star Wars first. Here's the deal. So, I grew up in kind of a monsters household. My parents were older, out of it. And maybe it was just my my taste. I wasn't into Star Wars. But when I finally did see it, I saw it in order because I I bought the box set on VHS. Yeah, I, I saw Star Wars first, definitely. And then I saw Empire. I think I'd seen bits and pieces. I mean, how could you not see bits and pieces of Star Wars movies being referenced on TV throughout the 80s and 90s? You couldn't. I saw space balls before I saw Star Wars. That's how fucked up I am.
0: Did you get it? I mean, did, like when you There were jokes that went over my ball. head.
1: There were jokes that went over my head. A lot of it, yeah, a lot of the jokes went over my well, head. Well, you
0: built too you built too low, son. <laughs> I say I see you built too low. Uh, the, the jokes keep going over your head. I keep pitching them and you keep missing them. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, do you know the story of why like Originally, the script did not have Luke being whacked off the Tauntaun by the uh, the Wampa, and that was added in, in a later draft.
1: I do now. Between original Star Wars and Empire, Mark Hamill got into a bad, disfiguring motorcycle accident that left him bruised in the face. And so they incorporated that into the script by saying, okay, well, he's just going to get whacked in the face by a Wampa, and that's going to explain the bruises around his eye.
0: Yep. No, and, and, and of course... You know, they shot like on location, like when I say on location, not on Hoth, like, but they were, they were, you
1: know, they were out like in a tundra somewhere. Yeah,
0: right. You know, one of the fun things is how huge the Boba Fett character is. Now, Boba Fett was not in Star Wars. A new hope. Originally, the re-release. Yes. And. I remember, so I'm 11, my brother's eight, and my brother was one of those kids, like a large majority, who absolutely worshiped Boba Fett. I remember like that Christmas, the big toy he got that year, it had to be 18 inches tall Boba Fett action figure. I mean, he lived for Boba Fett. And the legend of Boba Fett had only grown exponentially since that. The dude had four lines in the movie. Like, that's it. He had four lines in the entire trilogy. Like, he, again, wasn't in Star Wars. The only time he uttered a sound in a Jedi is when he got knocked into the, uh, the, the, the pit of the Skalak, that underground devouring worm type creature that they were trying to throw Luke and Han into. And what is that scream? What is that, Wilkes? The Wilhelm scream. The House script, like, yeah, that was it. That that's his only line in, in Return of the Jedi. The dude had four lines in all of Empire Strikes Back, but he walked away as I don't know, like, like the breakout character. You know what I mean? Um, he was
1: the Fonzie of the Force.
0: He, <laughs> without having to jump a shark or anything. But it was. It's amazing how huge, you know, in retrospect. In the holiday special, so he was introduced as a cartoon in the holiday special, had 20 lines. <laughs> like, he, you know, I mean, he had a much bigger, more prominent thing in the wrongfully panned Star Wars holiday special.
1: Um, anything with B. Arthur is a winner in my book, period, the end, full stop. Um, but the guy was, uh, of course, is the mystique about Boba Fett. I mean, he was, he was a bounty hunter. He could fly. He had a helmet all the time. You never saw his face. He was a man of few words. It was it was so badass. How, did, how could any 10-year-old boy not be drawn to a character so mysterious and cool and just awesome? Like a character. And, and then he had the camouflage kind of look to his his armor. And he had a cape. He had a cape. Cape. And, did he, and he could fly? Did cape, I mention the, with big. The jetpack? The jetpack was pretty awesome. So his whole lines
0: were... As you wish, when Vader is addressing the galley of bounty hunters that he's sending out to look for them, what if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. It, when they're about to put Han Solo in the Carbonite, uh, he also says to Vader, he's no good to me dead. And then who could forget? Put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. That's it. That's his whole line. It's like, yeah, the mysterious Boba Fett that walked out of that trilogy as just, you know, being the baddest ass of badasses. It was not
1: about what he said. It was about what he didn't say.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, the whole thing where Han Solo can't go into hyperdrive and so he hides by mounting the Millennium Falcon on the Star Destroyer, and then when they release the garbage, they disconnect from the plane and are floating away like the garbage, all powered down. They wait for you know them to go out to hyperspace, and then lo and behold, Boba Fett knew what he was going to do and followed them to Cloud City. I have no life.
1: Okay. Um, I, I, I want you to answer this question in less than two seconds. What is the name of Boba Fett's ship? Slave Runner. Nope. Slave 1. Slave 1. Oh, and you I, lose the podcast. Um,
0: well, and what I love now is like it, I, it's, it dawned on me. Well, it didn't dawn on me. I kind of geeked out like two years ago when I was rewatching it when they send out to look for Han Solo and Luke Skywalker in the morning. And the ship that sees them, that, that finds them, is called Rogue Two. When he calls it into base, and I'm like, "Oh, that's so!" I mean, I just geeked out so much over that, and and I didn't realize that when they made Rogue One, I'm like, "Oh, that's you know, little tiny things like that." I just, you know, that's when I'm like, "Okay, I know a lot about Star Wars, but a lot of people know a lot more than I ever will, and that's why they're making them, and I'm watching them, and I couldn't be happier with our relationship like that."
1: And to close out um, on Boba Fett a little bit, uh, you know that maybe somebody will be making an appearance in The Mandalorian season two.
0: Okay. We're not going to go down that hole except to say, have you have you seen the, not complaining tweets, but the, the last thing I saw is like, oh, look who's rumored to be in The Mandalorian season two. And it's a shot of every Star Wars creature <laughs> ever. Because is supposed to be in it. Boba Fett's supposed to be in it. So, I mean, there's some, there's some characters from Star Wars Rebels who are rumored to be in it, and different people from, like, you know, the prequels who might make appearances and stuff like that. So, here's the funny thing is, they know who's in it. It's done. Season 2 of The Mandalorian is 100% done and in the can and edited, and they are already working on Season 3. So, all these great rumors, it's like, Ah, uh, just
1: relax. Like you know, what let's just enjoy. But we want what it now. Okay, so back to Empire Strikes Back. Uh, let's talk about the kiss. Um, actually,
0: <laughs> fun fact: there's actually two in there. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's another other subtle kiss. Like later in the movie, w- w- when they go to part, that she kisses him on the lip. But the kiss itself, right. the tongue, the they. That wasn't you no know. I, I I were you there? Yes, do you know that? I do. Okay, um, now I don't remember if because I don't I don't think I I have I might have a v- Do you have the VHS of the original? I think I do. Yes, did, I do. Did did they cut to a a seventies funkadelic bass line when she <laughs> kissed him, or am I just remembering it that way?
1: Uh, I do remember they cut it to chewy. And um, uh, I didn't see where his hands were. So that was a little suggestive.
0: Okay. That is one of those things. On one hand, in the movie, the forced projection of Obi-Wan Kenobi says to Yoda as Luke is going to take on Vader. And he's not done with his training. And Obi-Wan says, you know, he's our last hope. And Yoda says, there's another. Which... If Lucas thought, oh, there's another and it's his sister because she's also the daughter of Anakin, you know, Skywalker. Oh, that's a sidebar. That's one of the, that is one of the, I don't want to say big changes, but when they redid the movie in 2011, like when Darth Vader goes and he talks to the projection of the Emperor, it's a creepy looking guy in a hood. But when they redid it in 2011, they made it Papaltean. You know, now that we knew who Papaltean was, it's the same dialogue. In the a line of dialogue, you know, they said, like, he's the son of Anakin Skywalker, but it's Palpatine who said, which makes, look, if you're going to make a change, well, he's now been revealed, you know, who he looks like, so it makes sense. That's fine. I mean—
1: I'll still never I, forgive them for changing out the Force ghost of uh, Anakin Skywalker at the end of Jedi into Hayden Christensen, but, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that was just— Stupid! Uh, Unnecessary, but if they knew there was another, if Luke failed, if they knew there was another, and they knew the other was Princess Leia, eh, why didn't he change that kiss? Like, why didn't? It, you,
1: no. Well, I think it was because they didn't know. They, because L- Luke and L- Leia, they Luke and Leia didn't right, know. right. Luke and Leia didn't know, but and it's know also what? it's also a red herring. It makes people like it. it you know what I mean? Of course, it, it seems natural. For uh, Leia in that moment to kiss Luke, not knowing that they were related. And it also puts the audience into a mindset of, like, oh, love interest, something. Huh? And then it so, takes them off the track.
0: You know, in movies nowadays, they have the heroes wind up fighting in China at one point because they want to get that audience numbers. It's like, oh, they're fighting in China. Did they have Leia kiss Luke because they wanted it to do well in the South? Did, did they wanted people <laughs> in Arkansas? Is, is that like the same? No. And, and and so the funny thing is with Empire, with Star Wars, Star Wars ended on a happy note. You knew Star Wars ended. If there was not a sequel, they blew up the Death Star, mission accomplished, and you can write whatever story you want in your head. But it had a Hollywood happy ending. Here, it didn't. And you don't find out that Luke and Leia are sister until the very end of Return of the Jedi. It's like even at the end where Leia is talking to Han and it's like, oh, it's, it's it's Luke, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, okay, when he gets back, I'll just step aside. I get it. And she's like, no, it's my brother. It's like, oh, you don't even know that till three years and two. An hour and fifty-eight minutes later until the very end of the movie, did did you know that their brother and sister and also as an eleven-year-old, you know, who had lots of issues going on in his life, lots of anger issues, lots of loss to find out what was going to happen to Han Solo. That was three agonizing years to find out what this monster, this awful person, Boba Fett flew away with captain solo and and just, you know, what was going to happen dude. that. Honestly, can you imagine like that? It's like, even now when people are like, you know, season seven of lost ends on a cliffhanger and people have to wait five months to, you know, find out, you know, what happens.
1: Is there a rift between super fans of star Wars you know, I was a Boba Fett fan versus I was a Han fan, kind of like the same way, like I was a Beatles fan or I was a Rolling Stones fan. You know what I mean? Like, does it say something about the person depending on who their favorite yeah. bad boy was? Look,
0: um, look at the trajectory of my life and my brother's life over the next ten
1: years. <laughs> you know, and that says it all. Like, yeah, you both you would know. have been doctors if you hadn't seen this fucking movie. Like, if, right, <laughs> if right. this movie didn't consume every waking moment of your childhoods, you would have been studying. No, but he was a Boba Fett guy, and honestly, um, no, he turned out to be a horrible. Hor- no, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, he was it, the kind it, of guy it, who rooted for the bad guys in the movie. Right, you
0: know. Um, so you, you brought up Back to the Future. Where does Back to the Future two rank as far as like greatest sequels of all time?
1: Not very high. There- it doesn't. No, because two was a mess. Okay, this always ranks in the top
0: five, yes. no matter what list you see and and look, I don't disagree. I mean, it's my favorite movie, I think it's a perfect movie, but there's always debate between Terminator Two and Godfather
1: Two, although the that was Godfather sort of that's sort 2. of a second yeah, yeah, I guess you know, but Godfather no, no, two. God- Toy Story two, yeah.
0: Toy st- Story, Toy Story, Story, right. I mean, but but it is. It's Aliens. Yep. You know is always up there, but it's hard. I mean, to come up with a sequel to something Caddy that Shack original. Two. <laughs> 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 why? You know why, why? Why are you trying to get me? <laughs> you know, um, um. But you go through this. I mean, honestly, is there a more quoted and more misquoted line than "No, I am your father."
1: Right. The like, the, uh, the original line is, no, I am your father. The right. misquoted is, Luke, I am your I, father. Right. <laughs> uh, but
0: that, I mean, that, let's, you know, do or do not. There is no try. My sister, you don't peg her as a Star Wars aficionado, but her signature block on her work email for a decade is, do or do not. There is no try. I have a t-shirt that just says, it's a picture of Han Solo, and it just says, I know. And, and the story behind that line, is you heard, they were shooting that before launch. They did about 50 takes. They kept rewriting it. Nothing worked. And, like, finally, he's like, I got one. And they did it. And he's like, I know. And they wrapped it. And everybody looked at each other and goes, yeah, we're done here. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> we're not, you know, we're, that's not going to get better. Um, your tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll, I'll see you someone. in hell. <laughs> and and I thought
1: they smelled bad on the outside. Like, no, no, no. You're, that, say, you're saying it wrong. <sighs> And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. And then well of course done. if you see the if you see the family guy version of that, it's like ten times longer <laughs> <laughs> with Peter as Han solo. <laughs> with like I think three hours or more of puffing in between each line. <laughs> uh,
0: that boy is our last hope. There's another.
1: It's a trap. Um uh, it's a yeah. trap. You oh, God, I mean that's the most memeable one, right? With right. Admiral Akbar, I
0: had, and they, they stopped supporting it. But like Apple, you know, on my phone, I had a Empire Strikes Back sound app for like two or three years, and it all it did it had the best. It's like, well, you stuck up, half witted, scruffy looking nerve herder who's scruffy looking? <laughs> you know? and I, I like It's like, I'd assume Chris Wookiee. I can arrange that. Right. <laughs> you know, Yeah. Like the, the 3PO one where, you know, I want to get the exact, you know, the one, sir, the possibility of successfully navigating asteroid fields is approximately 3,720 to one. Never tell me the odds. <laughs> you know, it's like every line in that is just great. And it's quotable and the sequel. And let's see.
1: Um, I mean the reveal. Yeah, let's talk about the reveal. I mean, let's talk right. about the, the the big climax. The, the you know,
0: how often on our podcast do we say you know it's like spoiler alert, Darth Vader's looks you know far, I mean, that's still the the greatest one. But honestly, I remember again, I'm only 11. You could have knocked me over with a feather, you know, just absolutely. Absolutely, that's impossible. You know, search your
1: feet. No, that's
0: impossible. I'll never join you. You know, and of course, at the time when Vader's trying to recruit him, you know, we now know the rule of the cyst, the rule of two, there can only be two. So even then, Vader should have known that by bringing luke in alive to train him that the emperor was going to use him to kill his father because that's how it always works but yeah that moment and that lightsaber battle which is the difference between the lightsaber battle between obi-wan and darth vader and the lightsaber battle between luke and darth vader it's not like the up their game they created a completely different sport right altogether.
1: they they actually brought in people who knew how to wield a sword, <laughs>
0: you know, fencing, yeah. and gymnastics, and the physicality, and you know, m- the martial arts aspect of it. You yeah. know,
1: uh, what's a better so lightsaber it, battle: uh, the um, uh, Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back? I, I really like the lightsaber battle in, uh, in Return of the Jedi. Oh, it's longer; There's it's more.
0: much longer, and it's 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 more intense. Know, it is more tense when he's like, you know, your sister, Obi-Wan, was wise to hide from me. So a f- couple of years ago, we we're house shopping and we literally looked at 90, like high 80s, low 90s number of houses. This is not why we bought the house we live in. But in our house, in our living room, the three picture windows that look out into the backyard, show, over the top of them, it, there's, a se- there's a window that's like a semicircle that looks like the window that you see behind the Emperor and the Emperor's throne room. It also looks like the window that Luke goes crashing through. And as soon as we walked in and saw that, that's the first thing I – that is the thing that stood out to me at the house. Not the pool. Not the yard. <laughs> not the four bedrooms. The fact that, oh, that window looks like the window from Empire Strikes Back. And I remember management looking at me like, yes, it does and you're an idiot right yeah <laughs> you know it's like we'll buy it you don't know how much it costs we're buying this
1: house yeah you're like ray in ghostbusters you got to try this pole you know <laughs> egon's like this thing has you know this uh, this house should be uh condemned <laughs> it, it's it's substandard for our electrical needs you got to try this pole maybe we should stay here sleep here <laughs> <laughs> um and that's also
0: when people you know, with the prequels and with the sequels, it's like, oh, that's not what the force can do, you know, when all of a sudden force pushing became a thing, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the lightsaber fight with Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul and stuff like that. That was the first time you saw somebody in a lightsaber battle use a force push or something like that. It's like, yeah, dude, it's like the first lightsaber battle with Obi-Wan. There was none of that. And now, oh, all of a sudden he can make things come off the wall and throw it at him from the other side of the room. It's like, yes. Yes, and like Karen Smith says, the force can do anything that films
1: director says it can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Pretty much, yeah, right? It's silly. I mean, because we're we we're we're now in a generation that's 40 years removed from the original Star Wars. We've lived through it. It's it's part of our culture. So now everybody's an expert on Star Wars who wants to be an expert on Star Wars. You know, oh, this is these are the rules and and this is how i've established the rules in my head, and we can't veer from these because of the X, y, and Z and his exhibits a through double J you know and it's just like um no no you, you're you're wrong. Uh, go back to Empire Strikes Back when we didn't know anything really much about the force
0: It was great watching it with with my kids for like the first time him really sitting down, no matter how many times I see it, I will always love it it's just a great it's the best second movie of a trilogy you know i mean it's set up so perfectly and again it was just such a different movie than star wars that ended on a high note and this ends in complete you know i mean here here goes chewy and lando you know off off together lando you know, to,
1: let's look for this we, we're brushing by you know the introduction of lando calrissian hey Chewbacca! right hey <laughs> Chewbacca! it's a real piece Um, yeah he's technically I think yeah the first black person in space right yeah I I believe so right he is he's
0: one of those characters where before you meet him you already get the keep an eye on this guy type thing and then you know of course he betrays his buddy and then becomes a hero you know what I mean it's like he has the hero's journey inside one movie
1: where he goes from villain to a little, no. a little tiny redemption story for uh, for Lando there, yeah.
0: you know. And I do. I mean, look, I like you know, I like the movie Solo. I hope there's a second one. But the whole backstory with him and how he got into the Falcon and stuff like that. But yeah, no, he is a. Uh, He's another one of those characters that didn't have, like, the biggest part, but was also a fan favorite. You know, both either me or my brother had the Landau action figure. You know, capes were great. Like, like, like dude, everybody who wore a cape was great. You know what I mean? Yeah, Vader Over had a cape. Landau, Vader.
1: Landau. You know? Martin Landau was in this movie? <laughs> uh, I don't know which version you've seen. but <laughs> on the How are you, disc- you doing there, Chewbacca? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Honestly, that wasn't I, part of the deal, Vayner. You
0: know, Landau, <laughs> <laughs> in. Um, I don't know where they are, and I should know. One of the best gifts I've ever gotten is somebody got me a Han and Carbonite ice cube trays. Yeah, those <laughs> are great. I've seen, and I've seen them for a thousand bucks. I've seen them for seven thousand bucks, and I'm holding out for this seven thousand dollar Han and Carbonite coffee table, oh. life size. <laughs> like you look it up. I've seen them. Um, I remember my friend Ronick. like somebody had sent it to me like a couple weeks before my wedding. And I'm like, hey, I don't officially have a wedding register going, but if I did, you know. <laughs> good, Not he, very practical.
1: He, I mean, is, is it flat? Or is it actual, like... It, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: No, there's, like, glass over it. Like, right. there's, like, little, like, grommets that hold the glass over the imprint of his face. But I the gotcha. whole side of it looks like, you know... Um, yeah, the little no, transport, it, yeah. Honestly, I don't know what management and the boys' plans are for this evening. But I kind of want to go upstairs and watch this again. I mean, I, I literally could watch it over and over. Like,
1: yeah, it's great. Well, I, I mean, the the... I don't know. One of the most underplayed lines that just kind of the, the, one of the more junkier delivered lines is when the uh, who who is it? Is it Red Red Leader Two or somebody like uh, that comes the next morning to look for Han, uh, look for Luke and the search party on Hoth, and he goes, uh, "I found them." Repeat, "I found them." Like it's, like, I don't know. It feels like a. <laughs> I don't. know. It feels less poetic. Like it's not as, it's not a, it's not as much of a grabber as the other no, lines. But I mean, I, I me. was. Well, first of all,
0: those snow ships are are my favorite. Like, um, it, it's it's funny. You know, again on Community, there was a character who's a new teacher who's been in jail for like twenty years, and he has a question one day, and he make it real dramatic. He's like, "What happened to Legos? They're all sets. You used to just get, and and before Legos came in sets." Like, and, and when you would buy a box of Legos, they had these, like, they were supposed to be used to make roofs, you know, like like they were kind of angled, like triangles. I would make those snow speeder, like, you know, ships out of all the time. Mm-hmm. I love those so, like, so, so much in the whole scene. You know, that's the first time you see what a badass Luke is who's like, oh, this is how you take down the walkers. And then his ship crashes and he takes down a walker by himself by grappling up with a grenade and stuff like that. I mean,
1: Um, I will say this, too, uh, speaking of childhood stuff, the very first video game I've ever purchased, and it was used, and it was at a flea market, was Empire Strikes Back for the Atari 2600. And I bought it before I had an Atari 2600. Oh, that's great. I saw it, and I was like... I saw the ad ads on the cover, and I, I knew Star Wars, and I knew it was cool, and I kind of liked it at the time. But I wasn't like a you know I didn't know anything about it, but I was like, uh, and I liked I knew I liked video games because I had experienced it somehow, <laughs> but I didn't have an Atari, but I knew I wanted this, so I, I you know I was like yeah I'll, I I would like to buy this, and, uh, and so, yeah,
0: sometimes in late nineties early two thousands you would see an arcade stand up where you could do either Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, or Jedi. You could start at one of the three levels. The only level with one quarter that I could beat from start to finish is the Empire Strikes Back one. Like, it starts off where, you know, during the battle with the AT-ATs, you, you know those little uh, probes, those, like, black probes that came out you had to shoot like 10 of those the probe droids yeah before you got shot down by the att and all that stuff like the 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 hardest level was the star wars one but you didn't have to start on that you could go to that last like the death blowing up the death star was the hardest part of the game but you know that's when you know i could go to movies by myself of course you know in 1980 if you're 11 you could go to movies by yourself <laughs> you know It's funny, you know, Sullivan and I would get like dropped off and you would go see that movie and then you would just go from theater to theater because they would all start like a half hour part. They had like 12 screens, but this was playing on like six of them. And as soon as your movie was done, so we would sometimes see it two or three times in a day. And again, like, you know, almost every Saturday night, like during the summer, we would go to – uh, the drive in movie in Pinehurst. That's what it's not Shoshine, it's by the Shashin school. If anyone's writing this down, Pinehurst section of Bill Rickers where there was a drive in. And that was just one of the best summers a kid could ever have. And like I said, right now it's everything I could do not to say goodnight, close the
1: laptop, <laughs> go upstairs and and wa- and watch Empire Strikes Back. I might be watching Family Guy Something 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 Dark Side. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, what can you say? Empire Strikes Back, probably best sci-fi fantasy movie of all time. I, it's mine.
0: You right. know, it's de- it's definitely mine. You know, I, I toggle between when somebody says, what is my best movie? And it, it depends. We're talking comedy. We're talking this. But I usually default to this one. You yeah. know, I usually default to this being, you know, a perfect movie. I, I, I never forget, ever forget, like, you know, the first time the – door to the dining room opens and there's darth vader you know waiting and han takes out his blaster and like takes like three shots and and darth vader just catches him with his hand and then you know uses the force to just pull his gun away it's like you know and, and then when they torture them and it's like and they you know take take a can't stand on his own you know han solo back to like you know
1: the detention Whatever it's like they never even asked me a question, you
0: know Yeah, I mean? it's like
1: yeah, I mean, and also uh, to wrap up the 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 score, Leia's theme, right, probably one of the most uh, like beautiful pieces of of uh, music ever written for this uh, for the silver screen I
0: like that I like, and I don't know if they used to do that with other movies I, I hadn't researched that because now, like you watch an Avenger movie and you know. It's Captain America coming up. You know it's Thor. You know they all have their own interludes or, or even with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, um, Donna Justice. But yeah, now with the Leia, you know, because, you know, with with, with Landau being the only black guy in space, you know, uh, Leia for the large part, like, you know, she was the only real woman, woman – you know, it's like there was you know Luke's aunt, and then the general who is deciphering the information that they got from the people from Rogue One. Yes. You know, right. uh, she's the only other woman in the universe, and I hate her. <laughs> but Leia, I mean, and, and that character—seriously, she never like. Let's face it. Yoda went off into hiding, and Obi-Wan kind of went off to hiding, but also watch over Luke. Anakin Skywalker had these meltdown pity parties, and Luke had these meltdown pity parties. Everybody had a meltdown pity party in that entire nine episodes, except Leia, who's been nothing. You you tell me one scene where she wasn't a badass. Just an absolute take-charge, badass from start to finish.
1: I think it's, be- I think it's a commentary on um, the emotionality of certain genders. Right. right. Like Luke goes, oh, oh I, I, I wanted really to go to Haji's gender- to pick gonna... up some power converters.
0: Right. Or, or when he goes and hides on an island for 20 years. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like it, it has a 20-year pity party. I don't want to like shave. People. Honestly, the same thing. Han goes, you know, off back into, you know, big, being, you know, a pirate and all this stuff. But Leia, born into a lifetime of being a badass and just being awesome. You know, so yes. Yes, she kisses her brother twice on the lips. But hey, hey. Gotta have something there for the folks in Arkansas, but uh, I, I'm done. Uh, thank you for indulging me, Joe. Thank you for indulging me, anybody. I, I again am trying to wrap
1: this up so I can go watch Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and now I'm gonna go play Empire Strikes Back on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Thank you for listening. And um, and uh, how do you how do you end something like this on a on a, a we're gonna end this on a low note because it's Empire Strikes Back. It can't be a high note. What do you want to say? Yeah. You
0: don't forget. That's something to say, little man.
1: <laughs> God bless us everyone. <laughs> and like like they say, don't forget